0: Hello, everybody. Michael Lombardo here from Life Port Out International. Welcome to Awaken Podcast. If you want to find out more about our ministry, you can go to www.lifepouredoutintl.org. Um, if you are new to the podcast, we have a new episode streaming every Monday and Thursday on CharismaPodcastNetwork.com. You could also go to the Charisma Plus app. Uh, my podcast on there, several others, um, as well as lots of free content articles that that that, that you could tap into. You could also go to Spotify, Apple Play, uh, Apple Podcast, Google play audible pretty much anywhere that podcasts are listened to. There's over 130 something episodes now. I think we're going on episode 140. And so there's hundreds of hours of free content out there. Um, It's my desire to bring people on that have a true and intimate relationship with Jesus, people that love him, that are serving him, that are doing great exploits in his name around the world. Those that have a message burning on the inside of them that is relevant right now to the body of Christ so that we could see the body strengthened. We could see people's hearts ignited for the glory of God and for the love of Jesus Christ. And so it's just been huge. Awaken, you know, it says um, in Ephesians 5.14, the apostle Paul says to the church, Awake, awake, O sleeper, rise from the dead and Christ will shine on you. That was written to believers, not unbelievers. Our hearts need to be awakened to who he is, who we are in him, uh, all that he has done for us, how he sees us, how he feels about us, and then what our callings are so we could truly walk it out in this time, in this hour, to destroy the works of the enemy, to release the kingdom of God. So that's what this show is all about. I've got friends and people on from around the world. And today, I've got a man, his name is Ivan Roman. He's a pastor, um, him and his wife, Erica. They have three boys and they reside in Oregon. They serve as lead pastors of an amazing church called Empowered Life Church. Um, he's a passion to raise up healthy leaders that equip the saints. Him and his wife, they travel around the world for the past two decades, really demonstrating the power of God, really flowing in prophetic ministry, seeing the miraculous. He's also authored several books and curriculums. And so, Ivan, man, thanks for joining me again on the show.
1: Hey, Michael. I'm so looking forward to our conversation today.
0: Awesome, man. It's always a joy to speak to you. I love what God's doing in your life, your ministry, your family. I follow you on social media. You know, we've we've spoken back and forth. And so... Hey, bro, just tell us a little bit, man. I love to ask my guests when they join me, tell us a little bit about how you first encountered the Lord. Then we'll dive
1: into our subject today. How I first encountered the Lord. that That's a great question. You know, <laughs> my, my testimony, Michael is, is not, it's not better than anyone's. It's just very different than anyone's that I've ever heard. I, you know, I grew up kind of Hispanic Catholic, which meant we had a Bible in the house. It might've been open, but we never read it, you know? Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. uh, just kind of Hispanic culture and um, didn't really go to church. Didn't really, it's not that I didn't believe in God, but I just didn't, it just wasn't the direction that we were going as a family. Mm -hmm. And about 20 years old, um, I had a business. I was selling real estate as well as I ran a martial arts academy. And during that season of my life as a young man, I began to feel extremely empty in my heart. Like uh, I had money, I had a house, I had cars. I, you know, I was doing really well for a young man but this emptiness continued to grow on the inside of me until one night and you know, I'll spare some of the details It's written in other places, but I was an innocent bystander of a drive-by shooting and, um, something grabbed me. When I say something, let's say an angel, it's Jesus, something, something supernatural grabbed me, pulled me away and a, a bullet flew by my head and hit a person next to me in the hip. And, uh, this guy's screaming, my hip, my hip. I'm thinking, well, that just pushed me away. What happened was, Michael, I drank so much. I passed out on the yellow post in Philadelphia, waiting for the car to come pick us up. Mm. My buddy uh. calls me, get in the car. I jump in the car, put my hands over my face. <clears throat> and I hear a, right now I would say a loud thought, but it was the inner audible voice of God, which is very interesting that I heard it on the inside of me.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And he said this, he asked me this question, where would you go if you died right now? And I had this one uncle who was a Pentecostal tongue talker, handcuffed himself to abortion clinics. You know, <laughs> he's a guy that picked fights on Thanksgiving and Christmas. Sure. <laughs> sure. Talking about religion and politics. That's kind of how we saw him. But these guys would invite me over to these little small groups and I'd walk over their house and they'd feed me and they'd give me cake. And I'd say the sinner's prayer just to get the food and then leave. <laughs> so... I knew about heaven and hell, mm-hmm. and uh, but I never really fully surrendered my life to Jesus during those times of prayer. Well, here in this moment in the limo, I said, well, if um, I'm really drunk, so where would I go? I'd go to hell, you know? <laughs> and then the next question this thought asked me was, um, where was that man shot? And I went into this experience where I saw myself and I heard this gentleman saying, my hip, my hip, I'm shot. And I watched as this bullet, Michael, went by my, towards my forehead, because remember, I was drunk on this post. Mm-hmm. Something pulled me back. The bullet passes my forehead and hits this gentleman right in his hip. Mm-hmm. So I was literally saved by God. Now, I didn't get surrendered my life to Jesus after that, but that was my first God encounter.
0: Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Awesome, dude! I love that, man. That it, you're right. It is it is unique. Um, But that's, dude. I love hearing stories like that, bro. He is all powerful. God can, you know. I just, man. I just love hearing crazy supernatural stories like that. Well, how did you? How did you surrender your life to the Lord, man? How did that wind up? was it years later. Was it soon after?
1: Yeah. So you would think that that you'd have a voice and he's revealing himself to his God. That you would just kind of lift your hands up and whatever, and glorify the Lord. I instantly get gripped with fear. Uh-huh. and I started thinking, why would somebody try to kill me? What did I do wrong? Turns out I didn't do anything wrong. It was a drive-by shooting, uh-huh. but I had never considered heaven, hell, life, that I was 20 years old. You know, I was living my best life, I thought, at the time, uh-huh. and uh, that same Pentecostal uncle, he comes to my house. Hey, nephew, you know, he's a New Yorker. Hey, nephew, he's like, we got an evangelist at the church. This guy was a healing evangelist, and kind of came out of that Hells Angel biker culture and all that stuff. And he's like, you got to come. And Well, I was scared to leave my house at the time. So I said to my uncle, I promise you I'll go to church the following week. He was bummed. I was going to miss the evangelist, but he was happy that I was going to go to church with him. Mm -hmm. So Michael, I walk into this church that has been hit by the renewal. The Toronto blessing hit this church. Mm. I walk into this church. There's people lying down. Uh, covered in blankets <laughs>
2: yeah. in the oh, yeah.
1: foyer of the church.
2: Uh-huh.
1: And I'm, I'm a Catholic boy and I'm thinking to myself,
0: what's going on here? <laughs>
1: That's a weird place for them to take a nap, you know? <laughs> so I walk around them, I walk inside. It was a zoo, people waving flags, you know, women doing flying sidekicks, you know, <laughs> people laughing, crying out. Sure. And honestly, I thought it was so fun to watch this kind of experience. But in the midst of it, it was that same presence that saved me. Mm-hmm. I could feel his peace there. Yeah, And so the pastor did that thing, you know, if you're here and I probably was the only visitor there and they probably already talked about me coming and, you know, he mm-hmm. gave the whole altar call just for me. I walked to the front Sure. and I told the pastor, I said to him, he says, why are you here, young man? I said, I want you to pray for my family. He says, how about this? How about you surrender your life to Jesus? And then I teach you how to pray for your family. Uh-huh. I gave my life to Jesus. So it was two weeks after that, that uh, crazy encounter in Philly.
0: Wow, man. That's incredible. It's just reminding me of the divine interventions I've had in my life. I just love the sovereignty of God. I love his protection. Um, he's probably also responding to the prayers of your family members as well. I'm sure you're, he was praying for you and all that. But for me, my parents were praying for me, linking arms. You know, I was 14 when my dad got saved and my mother and father would link arms together and they would pray and declare the word of God over my life. And I was a rebel, drinking and driving, partying, sleeping around, doing drugs, all this kind of stuff and I remember there was a few times that I I really knew God was real but I wasn't ready to surrender and I was like 17 or 18 and I was drinking and driving and I was driving down a windy road late at night and I fell asleep behind the wheel. I don't know how long I fell asleep, maybe 5 seconds, yeah. maybe 15, 20 seconds, I have no clue, but my eyes opened and I was like, "Whoa, I was asleep." And I look down and I see that I'm driving the exact speed limit and I'm I'm driving perfect, just perfectly fine. I'm just, and I just, in that moment, I'm like, God, like, you know, you know, that's not like Jesus take the wheel. Like that's literally like, that's what happened. I was on autopilot. I remember thinking wow. like, God, like you're protecting me and I I don't deserve it. I've been a rebel. I've been a God hater. I, I don't know why you're protecting me. I know now he knows the plans he has for me and he was honoring the prayers of my parents and God was preserving my life. And even then, like there's several times where things like that have happened. And and I, I didn't surrender because Jesus was very exclusive. I, I was okay with praying to God for protection, but I wasn't okay with serving Jesus because that meant my life would change. Um, And so it took a little bit of time for me to surrender my heart to the Lord. But anyway, now you just, your your story kind of got me thinking now, like, wow, I've had several encounters with God without that. yielding my heart to him, but how merciful and how patient is God that he would just keep pursuing our hearts, man. It's a beautiful thing.
1: I love that. Oh, man. I love I that, know. Michael.
0: Yeah, dude. God's so good. And so I want to talk to you today about a subject that is near and dear to my heart. Personally, at the beginning of this year, I had a 10-part series actually on First Love Fire first love passion. I really believe that God is breathing on his church right now, drawing people nearer to him, bringing people deeper in intimacy. And, you know, a lot of people have felt crushed this past year, 2020, going into 2021, a lot of hardship, a lot of suffering. There's been a lot of um, issues that, that have kind of, or things that were concealed or hidden, kind of rising up and kind of manifesting themselves in the light. And God's been dealing with his people and people have been drawing near to him. And I just believe God's like beckoning his people back to that place of first love. And I know that's on your heart as well. And you've also been through many things, you know, this year. And so I'd love to talk to you a little bit about that, man. I want to, I want to compel the bride to first love.
1: I love it. You know, we've been in a season as uh, probably, I would say, my hardest season of ministry, not the hardest season of my life. My marriage is good. My kids are growing up. They're amazing 15 just turned 14 and 11. So a lot of what's been happening has actually caused my family to get even closer. So I'm actually grateful for, Mm -hmm. for that, but difficult in ministry. So obviously you guys know COVID and the weirdness, Michael, the weirdness that has been created over that topic and that conversation and then the elections. And then coming from a position as a pastor in a church, I could do no right. Pastors Mm -hmm. could do no right. Mm-hmm. You close the church, you're fearful, you open the church, you're killing people, you, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, just kind of have to take a stand and, and do what you feel convicted to do and, and just navigating life. So during that entire season, just kind of plowing, moving forward, the Lord had given me a two, two prophetic words, and um, basically they meant the same thing. Something difficult is coming, keep moving forward. Mm -hmm. I didn't know what was coming. It was that whole, yay, that I walked through valley, shadow of death, kind of a a word. And I I felt something coming. And I knew that my job was simply, when I see it, to tell the church to keep moving forward. And uh, so COVID happens. I thought, okay, this is that. And um, Michael, I don't remember the specific dates. Probably close to a year now. um, I'm downstairs meeting with uh, my assistant. And this wind start, I'm in talent, Oregon. You guys can look this up and see some of the pictures online. And, and I hear this wind and the wind probably was the creepiest memory I have.
2: Mm.
1: And this wind was like, like a demonic wind, I would say. So the wind is blowing. <gasps> and so uh, my assistant opens up the door and she says, "You see that white cloud. And I go, yeah, she goes, that's fire. And it's close. That's fire structure. Uh, you know, uh, Structures burning up. Let's get out of here. Mm-hmm. Thank God for her because I didn't grow up around fires and I grew up in, you know, whatever, New Jersey. I and so um, I guess in Southern Oregon, California, they have, you know, fires because no, of dryness constantly. and so on. So mm-hmm. I'm not used to yeah. that. So finally I get in the car, I call my dad. Hey, pop, do me a favor. He lives by the church here in talent. I need you to get out of your house. Just come hang out with me. I'll take you to coffee. Let's just, I don't know what's going on drive away. My dad he's seventy years old. Oh yes son, that's good. I'll I'll get to it kind of a thing. We'll talk to you later. Well, all of a sudden Michael what I didn't realise was there was a arson who set fire in this they call it the Greenway and it's a place for people to ride their bikes and but it ended up becoming like a a homeless, a transient um motel, you know, mm-hmm. and not everybody who's homeless or transient is is evil, but some of these guys this is where they're hiding. Yeah. you know they commit crimes, they go out there and hide in these communities, so they set fire, and that fire blew through this town, both Talent and Phoenix, Oregon, they said in thirty minutes and burned down two thousand structures
2: my God. so now
1: all of a sudden, and you know how they have that like alarm system that's supposed to go off, it never went off the mm. so sure, sheriff, and then they defunded the police,
2: cause oh it's gosh. kind of that
1: kind of liberal thing,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and so we don't have the sh- so the that this is, I'm sharing what I heard at, at this point. So if I missing any details, I said corrected, but the sheriff who was defunded basically um, that dude, he gets in his car and he starts knocking on doors and blowing the, you know, the megaphone, get out, get out. He starts to evacuate houses because the police are defunded. We have like two cops in the entire city. And so people are rushing out, rushing out. And um, you know, minutes later their houses aren't there. And uh, so, I'm calling my dad now that I'm actually seeing it on Facebook. The news didn't pick it up right away either. It actually was people on Facebook doing Facebook live that went viral. Wow. And um, I'm contacting my dad and he's, he's panicked. Son, I, I went outside cause I saw a cloud and I heard a, you know, an ambulance and, or, you know, uh, an alarm. Mm-hmm. And he says, the fire's right there. It's right there. It's literally two streets down away from him. Mm-hmm. And so he gets in his truck. He's asking me, please pray for me. Um, traffic is back to back, and I have no gas in my truck.
2: Oh, my God. And so I'm
1: thinking here, I'm going to lose my dad. My dad is Michael. He's driving, and the fire is burning places right next to the vehicle. Like, that's how intense this was. And so I get my family together, my mom, my dad, my wife, and my kids. I go get my family. We're sitting there. I tell my wife, money's not an issue. Uh, we're leaving right now, taking you guys out of here. We're going to go stay at a hotel because I don't know what the heck's going on. She looks at me, Michael. <sighs> I don't even how to explain. I never want to see it look like that again. Mm-hmm. She goes, I mean, you, you just, you don't understand. She takes a map on her phone of where the fires are. We're trapped in the center. What happened was it was arson, and it seems like it was collaborated. So they began to set fires to where if you live in this part of town, you're stuck,
2: yeah, my God.
1: now there's all this, uh, you know, speculation of was it antifa? I and mean, you know there's all everybody saying all that kind of stuff. but but we were stuck. So thankfully, you know, I'm watching the fires go by where I was hanging out, and uh, we're hearing. You know, rumors about the Home Depot just exploded. I mean, it was intense. Well, this guy's riding a bike on Facebook Live. I found it. And he's showing, he's like, I'm out here right now. I'm like, the heat's so hot. And he's like reporting on his bike, you know? (laughs) And he goes, and he's showing structures. And I know the street that he's on. Michael, there's proof. There's evidence. Uh, My picture's on Facebook. I could send it to you. Um, Everything are right around our church building burnt down. The only thing that didn't burn down was the church. This guy on his bike goes, Empowered Life Church stands. Empowered life (laughs) and I mean I just about lost it. We didn't know if my we lost my parents' house, but my parents house was fine as well. But over two thousand structures burnt down in Talent in Phoenix, Oregon. Crazy. My God.
0: My God, bro. That is absolutely remarkable, man. And so, yeah, this it kind of reminds me of us it's it was nowhere near <laughs> nowhere near to that degree, but there was a fire that was set um, in my parents' back. I grew up in New Jersey, too, man. I grew up there for 20 years of my life. Uh, my oh, parents uh, lived behind acres and acres um, uh, near near a park in New Jersey, and someone set fire um, behind the park. and um, it began to engross our neighborhood. Ashes were falling from the sky. and I remember my friend was over my house and like, You know, it was right behind my house and there was a few other houses next to me and we had to evacuate the neighborhood and... And, um, everyone was asking my mom, like, do you want to get stuff out of your home? And she said, absolutely not. God is gonna, God is protecting our home. There's no reason that I need to go in and get our things because my house will not burn down. Like I trust God, you know, and, and people thought she was crazy. The news asked her like, what, what's going on? How come you didn't get things out of your house that were special? And she goes, cause God is going to protect my home. Simple as that. It's not, it's not burning down. And she just declared it. And our house there were, yeah, the siding was melted, but our house, Stayed there, <laughs> you know that the house was not consumed, and so I've just I've seen the goodness of God, you know that that was on a way larger scale, terrifying. I can't even imagine what you guys experienced, but at the same time, I just love seeing the divine protection of God. It's in the Scripture: those who are hidden under the shadow of the Almighty shall be protected from the hour that flies by day and the stalker at night, and all these Scriptures that talk about how God's a wall of fire around us and the glory in the midst and. Man, that's such a beautiful story. So, uh, so when your your church didn't burn down, you're with your family. Like, what uh, what did God do in that time? Tell tell me a little bit more, like how you guys have been recovering from this, what God's been speaking to you.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's it's been rough. You know, it had 11 families in the church that lost everything, and in the midst mm-hmm. of it, was able to partner with a foundation, and a foundation was developed, formed, mm-hmm. um, and that we were able to purchase. We we got fire relief. Uh, from people all over the world started sewing into fire relief for families. and we were able to purchase I'm not talking, you know, just little cheap Christmas presents. like people mm-hmm. sewed people showed up, mm-hmm. and this uh, everyone deserves foundation that we partner with. they showed up. And we were able to bless people. Let's say they had like a I don't know, guitar guitars very well, but uh, what's that? Les Paul or so, something mm-hmm. like that that was just like it was interesting the things that people missed. yeah, they were. Not the, not the shirt, not the, you know, it was memories, you know, the things that were connected to memories. And so we did the best that we could to whatever they had on the Christmas list, we purchased for them. And so that was a great way to help those people heal and the city's beginning to rebuild. And thankfully, um, I believe there was, I want to say there was one person who lost their life. And I know that's terrible, that one person. But we're talking two thousand structures burned down. We thought there was going to be hundreds and hundreds of people that lost their lives. So, you know, in the midst of it, the community is getting stronger and just continuing to move mm-hmm. forward. But it, it, it hit it hit people hard, you know. Yeah. Um, the mm-hmm. Viet, the kind of the Vietnam vets, the combat vets, they got triggered back into PTSD. Went back to their houses and got you know it. Mm-hmm. It's been rough, and yet in the midst of it, we're watching Jesus bring healing and strengthening to families. And I would say if anything good has come out of it, people began to realize all of your earthly possessions can be burned up in minutes. What's important? Mm -hmm. Jesus, my wife, my children. So we've actually been seeing people run closer together in the season um, than ever before, even through COVID and now the fires, we've actually seen families restored and strengthened through the season. You would think it'd do the opposite, Mm-hmm. But actually, that's not been our experience.
0: Wow, man! And you know, and this is this is a, a message that many of the a question. I'm sorry that many of the psalmists ask like, how come the wicked are prospering, and how come God's people are being trampled down? Like, why do why do bad things happen to good people? That's a question that many people have. And you know, even our gospel, it's not devoid of suffering. Jesus suffered, and the apostle Peter he said that we must arm ourselves with the same mind, and Paul said that as well. Arm ourselves with the same mind, you know, of of being willing to suffer. Like Christ has suffered. And the apostles in the first church, there was such severe persecution that took place and it, it caused them to band together and their unity got deeper and stronger. And Paul's imprisonment caused boldness to rise up in the people of God and the churches that Paul ministered to. And even this day and age right now, I've traveled to India and Laos and, and Malaysia and Indonesia, and I've seen churches that have been persecuted, that are thriving, that are clinging to the Lord. And we're talking about, you know, kind of going into this. So we're talking about first love and kind of clinging to Jesus even in the midst of suffering. And I don't know, man. This is just this is core to the gospel. It's not the stuff that we love to talk about all the time. We don't love to talk about suffering. We don't love to talk about persecution. We don't love to talk about that. We like to talk about the miracles and the prosperity and all of those things, but this is core and we need to know that Jesus, He overcame this world and we could cling to Him, not not run from Him, not be offended at Him, but cling to Him, and we'll see His glory in the midst of it.
1: Okay. Even the Apostle Paul, when he's addressing, you know, that passage of Scripture that we all love in Philippians three, yeah, you know, press on to the mark of the high call in Christ Jesus, and he's talking about knowing the Lord. In the verse before, he talks about being acquainted with his suffering, mm-hmm. and I there's something that happens in suffering. Uh, there's a nearness of God's presence in suffering that I haven't experienced in in any other time, and uh, I know a lot of people. I, I think sometimes. Michael, we think of God like a a hovering parent, you know, like, if you love me, why would you let me fall off my skateboard? You know, you know, mm-hmm. like bubble boy, mm-hmm. but it's the goodness of God that at times he, he lets us choose. And I mean, these fires, that wasn't him. He didn't start the fires, but I'll tell you what, he's been walking with people so closely. We're hearing so many testimonies of generosity and, you know, people that were in debt and then the insurance is paying Paying off their debt, like things are happening that are just over the top, and uh, people are beginning to to find them. What you, what you're saying is very very interesting, Michael, about the suffering. You know, in the missions movement, they say it's either Acts one eight or Acts eight mm-hmm. one, and in Acts chapter one verse eight, interesting talking about Rodomays, which is in Luke twenty four, where you know we're, we'll talk about that, I'm sure. But you know, where he tells them go and tarry in Jerusalem for the promise of my father. Well, in Acts one eight, he says, you know. It's the day of Pentecost. The Holy Spirit being poured out. You know, you should be my witnesses to Judea, Samaria, the most parts of the earth. Right? Mm-hmm. What's interesting when you when you actually study the scripture, they didn't really go anywhere. He commissioned yeah. them to go with power. They didn't go anywhere. It wasn't until Acts eight one, where Saul begins to persecute the churches, but the Bible says the church was scattered, but uh, the apostles remained. So all the superstar Christians, these guys are back in Jerusalem. They're still back, whatever, pastoring churches, doing the day-to-day operation. Everybody else is scattered. And that's when we see Philip, the evangelist, emerge from the scenes mm-hmm. of signs and wonders and miracles and transportation. Remember, he baptizes the eunuch. He gets transported. So I do believe in a sense, Michael, we are in a season of persecution. It's. However, people want to look at it, but I do feel, and I had the Lord speak a word to me, my prayer retreat a few weeks ago, and He said, "I haven't stopped trying to gather when I'm scattering." Mm. And I went, "Oh, that's a hard word for a shepherd, for somebody with a shepherd's heart. (laughs) My heart is to gather everybody, the church, coffee, community, fellowship." But I do believe that the church has been a little bit inactive in some ways, a little apathetic, and there has been God didn't bring COVID, God didn't. But he is shaking. He's using it to shake in the church, in preparation for awakening. I really do believe that.
0: Yeah, man, I believe it too. And then even just in the in the scriptures where you see, you know, the persecution and everything that was taking place, how. The church banded together, yes, and they they provided for each other's needs. It says that everyone is selling their homes and 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 pouring into, into a into a pot, like providing for the needs of the poor and everyone was taking care of each other, and love grew and and unity grew, and um what a beautiful. Um, picture of who God is to a lost and dying world. You know, so many people are fending for themselves and trying to, you know, just take care of themselves and preserve their life. And and in the midst of tragedy, you see the body of Christ. You see the people of God rise up and give generously and bring people into their homes and feed them meals and love people. And, and, and forgive and to, and release that. And it's, it's a picture to the world. You know, the world will know we're disciples by the love we have for one another. And uh, you know, I'm not saying, like you said, God did not bring the tragedy, but if we cling to him and not push him away and not harden our hearts, if we cling to him, uh, the goodness of God, his nature, will come out of his bride, and many will be drawn to the church. Deep darkness covers the face of the earth, but the glory of of God will, will rise upon us, and many sons and daughters will be brought into the kingdom. It's, it's hard to to wrap your mind around, but it's, it's, it's a beautiful thing.
1: It is. We, we live in a fallen world.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And in that passage of scripture, yea do I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. You're with me. Mm-hmm. And I think maybe there's people listening to this podcast, Michael, that, you know, they, they love the supernatural. That's why they listen to you. They love the prophetic, the apostolic. And I think sometimes, Michael, if I'm being honest with you, I haven't preached the whole gospel. Mm-hmm. I've been preaching, you know, he heals the sick, he raises the dead, and that is the gospel. But I've avoided the subject of suffering, because mm-hmm. who wants to talk about that?
2: Yeah.
1: And then, you know, going from my evangelistic ministry to having, you know, whatever different things I've done in ministry, to pastoral ministry, many in the body of Christ are suffering, and it's not because of their own mistakes or consequences. We just had a family in mm-hmm. our community where... Uh, 35 years old, passed away unexpectedly and left her husband behind with an eight-month-old baby.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, that's that's real, you know? Yeah. And that's that's where our faith in Jesus becomes real. He becomes our anchor. And we understand that this side of eternity, there is suffering, that we have questions, you know, and then that 1 Corinthians 13 passage, but there'll be that day face to face, I will know him the way he knows me. Mm-hmm. I love that translation, that passion translation. There's Something so powerful about, you know, right now, that's why it's critical that we do have a heart posture of worship and hosting the presence of the Lord, because to be absent of the body through presence with the Lord, and we can kind of steward that glory here on the earth. And, uh, you know, it's funny, Michael, I guess it's not funny, but <laughs> at the beginning of this year, I prophesied a word to the church. I said, the Lord spoke to me and said, we're going from glory to glory. And uh, I began to teach on the glory. I began to teach on the manifest presence of God and all the glory of me. But the scripture I didn't teach on is the one that says, "If you're going to uh, partake in His glory, you also share in His suffering." Oh wow! Mm-hmm. Ah wow. man, that's the one we didn't
0: want
2: to this talk is... is... about.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just, I just felt like this is, this is where you've done missions, you know, and. Uh I'm sure a lot of the audience knows Heidi Baker, Uh but Heidi Baker in the midst of the dead being raised. I think sometimes people, maybe they forget that means that people are dying. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh That's why the dead are being raised because they're dying. There's miracles because people are sick and suffering. Uh And I'm not one of these guys, Michael, that's saying, you know, we, we need to, Pray for the America to suffer for revival. That's not what I'm believing for. I'm actually believing from glory to glory. But I just think we need to do a little better job with embracing that part of the gospel to take up your cross, deny yourself, and follow after. That's still a part of the gospel. Hmm.
2: Um,
0: Absolutely, yeah. man. <laughs> Absolutely. One thing I always say is, you know, everyone wants a miracle, but they don't want to be put in a position where they need one. You know, everyone wants exactly. to everyone wants to see a healing, but no one wants to be put in a position where they need one and you know the wilderness is a place where miracles are born not where miracles are absent and we need to wow. we need to have that perspective but um man i met this girl in uh, cambodia me and my wife were serving as missionaries with iris global actually in cambodia and um she's wow. she was she was a local kumai so she was local and she she got saved through the ministry of iris and she was telling me and my wife her story and she was saying that she grew up and she got saved and her parents were were buddhist i believe and they were very strict with her they found out she wanted to go to church and she believed in god and her dad and her father would beat her and they would say you cannot believe in jesus and they would beat her and she and she told me she said she said, the more they beat me, the more they persecuted me, the more I loved him because he's all I had. He's He was everything to me. He's all I had. How could I not love him? How could I get mad at him? He was my everything. The more they persecuted me, the more they hurt me, the more I loved him. And I was just like, I was undone. I was like tearing up. I'm just like, Jesus, wow. I've no clue what it's like to be this person. I, I don't know what it feels like to experience that kind of opposition and persecution. But dear God, what a beautiful testimony of who Jesus is in the life of of his people and um man, I just you know if we just allow ourselves to cling to him in every circumstance and situation, you know the deeper you know someone may harm us, persecute us, speak evil against us, but if we cling to him, we will see him in a different light and we will love him more every single day in the midst of it, because we'll experience a new side of him, a different aspect of who he is, and we'll love him more than we ever have. And, man, I know you shared with me about a revelation that God gave you about the road to Emmaus, but I'd love to hear that.
1: Yeah, you just kind of, you set it up perfectly, Michael. Mm -hmm. So I was kind of pressing in going, Jesus, speak to me, Holy Spirit, what in the world is going on here? I felt the Holy Spirit say to me, the church is on the road to Emmaus. And so obviously I began to study the scripture. I'm aware of the scripture. I know where it's at. But, you know, from my, my just study of the scripture, the first thing that you see is this is after the resurrection. And, uh, it goes on and talks about two disciples on the road to mass. And I think most of us, we read into the text, two guys, two disciples are on the road to mass. Well, it says that one of them was the, uh, was named Cleopas. And so if you look at the, Reference in the book of, I'm just going to give a little bit of, mm-hmm. I don't know, context here. The sure. teacher hat's showing. But anyway, <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> so Cleopas, Cleopas, like I find this interesting. Cleopas was actually, they reference him in the book of John. He would have been Jesus's uncle, so Mary's brother, and he would have been married to one of the Marys, which had been Jesus's aunt, that was at the, uh, at the cross, mm-hmm. the three Marys that were there. Mm-hmm. So now that became very interesting to me. And so now we have, let's just say I'm right. Let's just say the articles I've read and the different, you know, theologians I've studied are right. Now we've got Jesus's uncle and aunt and they're walking. And it's interesting. They're having this conversation. And the conversation is one of these guys, they witness the miracle. They even say that. We saw, how do you, you know, Jesus appears to them. But let's just back up a little bit because it says he listened to their conversation. And so that's important to understand that there'll be times where you and I are processing things in our life and the Lord is sitting and listening. It's even mm-hmm. referenced in Malachi. It talks about, he heard us at a book of remembrance. So when we start talking about the Lord, that's a great way for him to show up. Mm-hmm. Right? He's listening to our conversation. That's good. Mm-hmm. And in this encounter, Cleopas and let's just say Cleopas, and I don't believe personally, I don't believe it was two guys. I believe It was Cleopas and it was Mary. I find it interesting that Jesus appears to these quote unquote disciples, it says, and they were no named disciples. So a lot of people, they think Jesus is only going to appear to the superstars. Well, these were not counted among the 12. Mm -hmm. So I, I love that too, as another point. And as they're walking on the road to Emmaus, Jesus appears to them and they start to share their frustration, their discouragement. They begin to share. Could you imagine Here's all of your promises are resting upon the wand. He's going to come and their belief system. And it says it in Luke 24 was that he would be the one to restore Jerusalem. They believe that he'd be the one to sit on Caesar's seat. Right. Mm-hmm. I, I got to interject this and then I'm going to poke the bear and run. <laughs> we are still trying to make Jesus president, right? We're still trying to elect the president. Mm -hmm. I just, I just, I I just find it so interesting to me. And, (laughs) and, and yet, yet that's not how Jesus came the first time. Uh They were expecting Christ to come as the lion, the rule. Actually, he came as a suffering servant. Mm -hmm. So they missed it. And so often God is doing things in our life and we have expectations of what we think he's supposed to do. Yet we're missing the heart behind what he's doing. Mm -hmm. And so he begins to walk with them. And I love this because Emmaus means the burning place. So they have an encounter as they're walking to the burning place. I don't believe they were burning at this time. They were filled with discouragement. They're upset, but they're walking towards the burning place and they encounter the burning man. Mm. Shoo! And awesome. the burning man, Jesus, begins to speak to them. And what does he do? Michael, you know what he does. He begins to say, guys, don't you know what the scripture teaches? And he begins to reveal himself throughout the entire scripture. That would have been the Old Testament.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I yep. absolutely love that. And those of you that are listening, the entire Old Testament should be read through Christ. Mm-hmm. If you don't, and that's why we get so much bad theology,
2: mm-hmm. that
1: Christology. We should read Jesus through the Old Testament. That's what that's what he did. He showed them where he was. That's right. He goes on. He continues to walk with them. And you know, the rest of the story, he hid himself from them. Now, another interesting point is they're going to Emmaus from Jerusalem. So this is about a three, four hour walk. And then what the Bible says is their eyes were open. He breaks bread with them. Their eyes were open. They say this, wasn't our heart burning within us? So they're going to the burning place. They meet the burning man and their hearts begin to burn within them.
2: Mm.
1: And I just believe that right now, so many in the church, Michael, are experiencing discouragement, hope deferred. They're thinking, Jesus, we thought you were the one. We believed in you. We believe that you're the God of miracles. You're the God who raises the dead. And I just want to encourage those that are listening to this podcast right now, keep walking. Mm -hmm. If you're walking to the road to Emmaus, you're about to have an encounter with the burning man it will bring you to the burning place and cause your heart to burn within you. So I'll stop oh. there, Michael. I'm sure you got some stuff you want to shed light on oh, the scripture as well. Oh but man, I really... We got to keep walking, Michael.
0: I love it. I love it. Um, man, I, I really just feel in my heart right now, you know, there's people that are listening to the stories and there's people that are... Um, you know hearing your testimony and what took place and they and they've walked through suffering and they've experienced disappointment like you said and you and you were and you really kind of brought it home beautifully there man I would love to just kind of end this time with prayer because I know I know there's people trapped in discouragement offense disappointment, wondering where God was when this happened, where God was when that happened. Why would God let this happen? Why are good, bad things happening to such good people? And there's just these earthly human questions. And Jesus is the solution. We may, it's very mysterious. We may, we may, we may not know why exactly all these different things are taking place, but we know that Jesus is the solution and that he is everything. And man, however you feel led, but I would love to just minister to people because I feel like, this is, this is um, where, where people are suffering right now and struggling.
1: Michael, you started off the podcast and you asked me a question. You said, Ivan, mean, what's one of your first memories where God encountered you, where you encountered God? And I find that so profo- profound, and I want to kind of conclude with that same question. What I discovered, Michael, is that in this season now, I'm a dude, right? I'm a bro. I'm a man. And I'm dealing with my own pressure, my own stress and how I'm handling the situation. But I'm also functioning as a spiritual leader. Mm-hmm. And in this season, I began to say, God, like, lead people. How, how, how am I going to even lead myself? And then the Lord began to give me this tool because I was having a hard time seeing, where are you right now in the midst of this? Where are you? Show me where you're at in the midst of this young man losing his wife or city burning down. Like, Show me where you're at what the Lord began to do is he began to bring me to memories that I had encounters that I've had with him where he's proven his faithfulness. So maybe there's those of you that are listening right now and you're having a hard time seeing Jesus presently with you. Mm -hmm. I want to ask father that right now you would begin to bring remembrance that we would open the book of remembrance together and that You would remind us of all the times that we were in difficult circumstances Lord, you always show up. Lord, you're faithful, even when we're faithless. Lord, I just pray right now for those listening to this podcast and maybe Michael, as I'm I'm praying, I just even feel that there's someone watching and they're fighting for their marriage and Mm. it's as if they're in their last ropes. And I just want to encourage you, keep moving forward that the Lord is going to bring miracles. I'm just seeing addictions begin to break off with people. And I just want to encourage you, stop trying to be perfect one step after another keep walking if you keep walking you're going to get there saints is this easy you will walk through the valley of the shadow of death but you can't stop walking one of the visions god gave me before covid was of a sailboat and i watched as this storm was brewing and this sailboat began to move forward and i knew that if the sailboat were to stop it would be capsized by the wind and the holy spirit said to me storms are coming tell my people, keep moving. And I just want to encourage those of you Mm -hmm. that are listening to this right now that are going through difficult seasons, not a time to run from Jesus. Actually, I want to give you permission to be like Jacob and wrestle. Mm -hmm. Michael, I heard a testimony one time from a woman and she, I'm sorry if I'm, this is so depressing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We're trying to make it real, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) I heard a testimony of this woman who had a miscarriage Mm -hmm. and her husband kept trying to Make it better, right? Buy her flowers, buy her child. And she looked at her husband in her in his eyes and said, Baby, you're just gonna have to let me wrestle. Hmm. Wow. And there's some people that are listening to this podcast right now, and I want to give you permission to be like Jacob and wrestle with God. Wow. You may need to be like Hannah, who who was praying out of a place of barrenness and despair, and yet she prayed so I don't know. Weird, strange. Who knows how she was praying to the point where the priest said, woman, get out of here. You're drunk. Mm-hmm. She said, I'm not drunk. No, I'm a woman of God. I'm just I'm, I'm I'm so desiring of a child. He said this time next year. So I just want to declare that over you. Some of you are one ugly cry away from your breakthrough oh, wow. some of you need in yep. this process to wrestle with god and you will see paneal, and this place of difficulty will be called the face where you en- the place where you encountered his face in jesus name lord we thank you for that
2: thank you jesus wow <sighs> man
0: i just wow the thick presence of god bro god is all over this and i'm just so grateful um that this is this is this is true biblical revelation. This is the heart of the matter. This is real life. This isn't floaty. This isn't ethereal. This isn't You know, Jesus came. He put on human skin. He tabernacled among us, fully God, fully man. He walked in our dirt. He had he had family member uh, die. John the Baptist, his cousin, died. He was under corrupt government. He was persecuted. He had friends forsake him. Judas kissed him, betrayed him with a kiss. You know, Jesus saw suffering. He was in the midst of suffering, and and you know that. And then he. He, he died. He suffered the, the most gruesome torture by the people that he loved, his creation, and he released forgiveness and he rose again. He conquered it all. And he's still to this day with us in the dirt, sympathizing with us, loving on us in the midst of uh-huh. it all. That That's the gospel message that he's not just, you know, he doesn't just save us to just bring us to heaven and say, you'll never suffer. It's just going to be peace, joy, you know, there is peace and joy and righteousness in the midst of suffering, but it's unearthly, it's spiritual, it's something that comes from the realm of heaven, it's not peace that the world gives, but it's heavenly peace, it's supernatural peace that we could have, even when there's no peaceful circumstances around us, but many people preach a gospel where it's just sugar and it's candy, and I believe in the joy of the Lord, I've experienced the blessings of God and I believe he wants to prosper his people and I believe in signs, wonders, and miracles, and I know you do too, but I also know that we have a limited time here on earth. And it's just like a vapor. It's a flash where we will experience suffering and we could have fellowship with Christ in the midst of it. We could know him in a way that we never would have known him if we didn't experience that suffering. And we are able to pull people out of their um, bondage and out of their despondedness because we could sympathize with them like the Lord could sympathize with us. We could have compassion for the hurting because we've been through hurt as well. And I, I'm just overwhelmed, bro. I experienced the the presence of God is is. Healing so strong man and um thank you for sharing your life your story i know you've been through a lot and you're still walking like like, like you're saying you're still walking right. and you're still learning to overcome and conquer in these circumstances but i know this touched a lot of people today man thank you so much for for joining me today and, and talking through all this
1: thank you so much for letting me share and for those that are listening you know um hmm. be encouraged <laughs> absolutely man yeah he's, he's with us you know he's know the god of so comfort heavy,
0: he's the God of comfort. I love comfort. everything
1: you said. He's the so God good. of comfort, so Thank bro. Thank you the, so much.
0: Oh, absolutely, man. Um, how could people tap into your resources and maybe even be a blessing or you know, tap into what you're, what you're doing, books? I know you have a lot of things going on.
1: Yeah, the easiest way to find me is just my name, ivanroman.org. And that'll bring you to the church website and to my resources and all that. I just found it to be easy just to have my name, ivanroman.org.
0: Okay, great. Now that'll be in the comment section or in the uh, in the in the section below. No matter where you're watching, you can click on IvanRoman.org. The link will be there. But again, man, thank you so much, dude. What a joy to talk to you, man. Look forward to talking to you again. Let's do it. Thanks, Michael. Absolutely. For those who are listening, thank you so much for being a faithful listener to Awaken Podcast. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. It helps us get it out to more people so they could glean from and receive content just like this, free content just like this. And so um, they could also be blessed, awakened, encouraged by the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. So bless you guys, and I'll speak to you next time on Awaken Podcast. Hello, everybody. Michael Lombardo here. Let me tell you about this amazing online store, The Hope-Filled Journey. Um, You'll definitely want to check that out today. Michelle and Renee Torres, they started up an online store in obedience to the Holy Spirit in the midst of a crazy year, full-time jobs, raising four small children. They stepped out in faith, and God is honoring it every step of the way. It's www.thehopefilledjourney.com. This is where you'll find extraordinary products, clothes, fashion accessories, Jewelry and more You'll be able to find Amazing clothes for spring Handmade jewelry Their goal is to Inspire faith Through through their product line As well as High quality In all they do And produce Check it out It's the Hopefilledjourney.com And also If you Today If you go Well you have Got a promo code Awaken Promo code AWAKEN. If you go to the website, you can get 25% off of all full-priced items, and all orders over $60 will ship free. And so that's 25% off today, all full price items, and any orders, $60 or more, will ship free. And so make sure to go to the website, that is www.thehopefilledjourney.com, and make sure to use promo code AWAKEN.